Coming up next on the Digital Marketer Podcast. It's in those moments that you as a course creator can really say, okay, look, I see that people are being impacted by the iOS 14 or the change to this platform or that platform or, or this policy or this new type of content has come out or channel. How are we leveraging that? This is Digital Marketer. Hey, it's Marky Grass here, and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. So that means that you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. It might sound too good to be true, but trust me, it works. The CEO, Adam Robinson, is brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. That's getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. Hey, guys and gals, welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm Mark DeGrasse, the host of the podcast and the president of Digital Marketer. Today, I'm very excited to have Marcio Santos. He is the founder of Nerd Digital, and their goal is to help course creators scale to six figures in six months. I know that a lot of you out there are uh, course creators. If you like Digital Marketer, we are course creators. So I'm very uh, excited to get into this topic to see if we could scale each one of our courses to six figures. That'd be fantastic. So welcome, Marcio. Thank you, Mark. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me on, Mark. So let's get into a little bit about your background, how you got into courseware, and kind of how you've helped people to date to start building their courses up. Right. So I've, I've been working in digital marketing for many years. I've taken a lot of courses and, and consumed a lot of the content from Digital Marketer, actually. So thank you. I've studied things from SEO, uh, email marketing, content marketing, worked with some startups and some very large companies doing SEO, web analytics, and things like that. And in that process somewhere, somebody got in touch through my, through email saying, hey, I, I have a friend who, who owns this blog. He has a course. Can you take a look? Can you help him out with some SEO? And his name was uh, Kehi from Rad Reads. We started uh, a little project two years ago, I want to say now. And that was my mm -hmm. first taste of working with the course creator, and I really loved it. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to take everything I've learned all this hodgepodge knowledge that I've been uh, hacking together, and I'm going to put this into a framework and more organized and streamlined for, for course creators. And that's what I did. That's awesome. Well, perfect timing, too, because I think with, you know, COVID and lockdowns and people being forced <laughs> to get used to e-learning, I think it's uh, perfect timing. So did you basically just launch your brand, you know, just to take care of the coursework, the nerd digital, or did you niche it down after you kind of started with everything? Exactly. So it, the latter, I, I niched it down a little bit further. So I was initially a marketing expert for hire, right? So we need SEO stuff, mm -hmm. you need web analytics stuff, you know, call me. But after working with K, I decided that I was only going to work with, with course creators. So I, I changed everything on the website to speak specifically to that. 
So why don't you walk me through that, kind of how you, uh, you know, helped your first client and some of the, you know, tips and pitfalls that you might uh, have seen while doing that process? Yeah, for sure. So we, we really got started, as I said, on an SEO scope. And usually when you start off with an SEO scope, and if you're a course creator, you have some blog posts out there. Maybe you have some content about your, your knowledge that you're sharing in your, your flagship course. But there's still lots of opportunity, lots of meat on the bones in terms of optimizing your site to get more organic traffic. And that's what we worked on. So I reviewed a site for some technical opportunities. And then the rest of it was optimization of what he already had put together. And so on the technical side, one thing that I'll give you one easy tip is usually if you're using a WordPress site, you have more content than you need. And the content that you have in there, the, the duplicated or the content that's unnecessary, usually content that's duplicated through tags or categories. So you want to take a look at the number of tags that you're using, the number of categories that you're using, because if you're running a small site, you could probably get away with just having no tags in one category for all of your content. Because though it's WordPress tries to be helpful, what I've seen most more often is that it ends up creating unnecessary content and that just it's not good for SEO without getting into leak juice and, and you know ideas like that. So that's one one easy tip that people can use when um, when op- trying to optimize their site for SEO. And the second thing is to create what I like to call a journey page. And a journey page is a little bit different than what you might call a hub page, because it centralizes the content of your of your your topic. So if you're teaching people how to do, we take a topic from digital marketer like paid advertising. Usually, when you when you start creating content on WordPress, you create a post and another post. If you go to the paid advertising category, all of the posts will be scattered, right? There's no real order to them. It'll be by date. And what you want to do with the journey page is you want to take control of that. So there's an entire process. I have this laid out on our website, but essentially what you do is you organize this in a way that walks your consumer through the experience of if they're a beginner, they can start up here and read you know, t- these two, three blog posts. If they're intermediate, then they want to read these two or three. And if only if they're advanced and they're ready for more, you know, high level tips, then they can read the stuff at the bottom. So it's really set up as we call it like a journey and it helps them in a, in a sequential order like that. That that page works fantastic for us. Well, and I love just the idea of, of categorizing the content to make it easier to find because you gain into user experience. And I think it really shows the brands care about, you know, how you learn, which Sounds like they would anyways, but a lot of times it's it's an afterthought after somebody creates a course. So that's uh, that's a really unique approach. So do you basically review the course and then kind of tailor the front end content to support that or is it vice versa? So when it comes to the SEO, what we want to do is we want to look at the course and we want to identify what can we leverage in terms of the modules. So the, the modules really are the stepping stones and the main guideposts that we use for how we're going to use the content and it works both ways for both us back of the house and and which content we want to focus on and and highlight so for example if we're talking about paid advertising again one of those steps might be how to do audience segmentation and so we might Mm. from that module of audience segmentation there's lots of detail that you're gonna have in your course but what we want to do is take create one framework one visual what is one simple thing like like a, a mind map that we can create that's unique that highlights this idea, this process or this approach that you have about doing audience segmentation 
because you are then going to use that image of this framework for your lead magnet. Because if you just tell somebody, you know, here, download 50 pages worth of audience segmentation and watch these 30 videos and a webinar and all these things, those are too time-consuming. You want to have a lead magnet that's very quick, that's very actionable. Somebody can get them done, get that done within the next three to five minutes and have a transformation and see that Mark really is the expert on this topic. So in terms of how we organize this, we look at the, the modules, we choose a, an important step and we turn that step into a framework and then we turn that framework into a lead magnet. So that's kind of how we bring both of those parts together of highlighting the content and then turning that into a conversion. So for the, the main kind of awareness step of the process, do you uh, primarily rely on SEO or do you get into, you know, the paid traffic side where you're doing the advertising or social media and that kind of stuff? Yeah, so it's, it, it's on a case-by-case -case basis. For, for Kay, he already had some domain authority and he had some content that was ranking already. He had some, some links and, and things like that as well. So we, we did a small scope to optimize the links that he was already getting so that we would filter people through mm. this journey page which would then help all the other content rank higher. But we also help our clients, we coach them on how to get set up with setting up your first campaigns using Facebook, how to, to do that with uh, remarketing as well in Facebook so that you're you know, filling your funnel at the top with some, with some cold traffic and then um, hitting them up again once they're warmed up with some remarketing messages too. Oh, that's fantastic. So do you actually look at the courses and help develop that the lead magnet call to action or is it exist already and you kind of optimize it? Usually we end up working with them to create a lead magnet because the the bias is to create too much. Like I said, it's it's to create this 30-page mm -hmm. ebook. It's to create this this monumental thing and spend hours and hours hire a graphic designer and and put so much effort into it whereas I find that there's an inverse correlation to that where you can try to find the, the easiest, most actionable, tactical thing about the lesson that you're teaching and just give that away. Um, make sure that there's some visual element to it for your lead magnet when you're, when you're creating it. So do you actually help with, uh, say, cover design or are they all ebooks? Because I know that a lot of uh, marketers now are getting into the, the quiz funnels and, you know, other types of interaction for people to, well, you're trying to get their email address, of course. Have you found that there are certain types of courses that work better with certain types of lead magnets? Yeah, so there, there are definitely different types, different formats that work best. One that, I've, that I'm seeing right now working really, really well, and, and you want to take note of this if you're a course creator, are Notion templates. So Notion hmm. is a, um, a knowledge management software similar to something like Google Drive, but on steroids. So you can take notes, you can create databases, you can link things together. You can create some really interesting documents and, and take notes in, in very interesting ways. And what I've seen work really well are simply taking a lesson from your module, turning it into a Notion doc, like a, it could be a dashboard or it could be a series of steps, and then sharing and giving that away. Because inherently, it's going to be very actionable. You can have instructions, you can have a link, you can embed a video on there, but everything about Notion is for you to, to help you take action. So it, it really lends itself to this action-based type of content that you can share with, with people. That's great. Yeah, we a digital marketer. We use Notion every single day. It's it's kind of our you know executive management tool for all of our processes. So, 
I get it. Uh, so you actually share that within your or with, within your client has their notion and then that's what they uh, just provide links or is it kind of everybody has access to it? So what, what, what we do is we have a dashboard just for course creation. So we have this course creation HQ. And what, what I do is every time a new client comes on, I'll duplicate that entire workspace so they have access to all of the databases, all of the, the to-dos. And these to-dos, we can deadlines to them. Obviously, we can assign them to people. They can keep track internally. So it gives them a sense of control and, pre- and predictability. They can see, okay, look, these are the three phases. I know that I need to refine my product. I need to build my funnel. I need to launch. But where am I in this, in the process? Who am I going to assign to this? What are, what, you know, what are the resources that I need? And it, it really helps people to just feel more calm about the entire thing because it can be so nebulous and there's you know, millions of things that you could work on. So that's how, that's how we go about it. That, that's a great approach. I think for when I had my agency, I did this, something similar with Monday.com where I actually had a, a six-stage process, had all the tasks that we were going to do, invite your user in, say, hey, here's everything that's going to happen. Makes them, them feel comfortable with, hey, this person has a system. They've done this before and I'm not the first one. <laughs> you know, That's the worst thing you could do is leave it to you know your client to, to guide the process because they don't know either. They're just going to say, why isn't this working yet? Or anything goes wrong, they're going to blame you is, is how I dealt with it <laughs> or what I dealt with. One thing I would add to that is, is what, I've, what I've noticed is on that too is that there's two sides of the direction. It's one is, okay, what do you do now when we're starting? And then after we do this, what do I do next? And so when you have structure, you're able to, both yourself and the client, they're able to say, okay, this is where we are. Once I finish this, okay, what can I work on now? Because everybody has different schedules. We have a, a different need for levels of flexibility. We want to work asynchronously in different ways. And so we find that our, our system being the way it's set up now, it's, it's really, really helpful. That's awesome. So do most people come to you, do they have a course already? Or do you actually, can you walk somebody through like, hey, I have an idea for a course. I have no idea how to get it done. And you will take them and then build it for them and get the marketing engine going. The easiest clients that we're able to, to help are those that already have a course. And there's, I, I would really draw a, a distinct line between those that have and those that don't have a course. I think the biggest difference, the biggest, most important thing there is having sales versus not. And mm-hmm. the minute you have sales, you're able to have conversations with your customers more deeply about what their problems are, what is that end goal that they're trying to, to resolve to get to, and how can you do that in a very unique way that isn't out there in the marketplace already? If you, haven't, if you simply don't have those sales, if you're on this side, you, it's just so hard to get into people's minds. You, you just, you're just guessing. Mm-hmm. You're, you're pulling at, at, at straws. You're looking at anecdotal data. It's you're really trying to make educated guesses at best. It's really only up until somebody pulls out their wallet and gives you their, their money, are they really in the game and, and willing to have more conversations with you. So yes, we've helped people create courses, but it, but it's, it's definitely hard. It's hard to, for example, even set a timeline. If you have a course already, you can come to us within 90 days, we'll have you launched, right? But if you don't have a course, you haven't sold, it, it, it could take months just validating your market fit, having your your headline your messaging the product really refined it, it, it could take a while you could be in a very competitive space as well too so it's it's a little bit harder 
I think that's great advice because I think a lot of people, they make a course because they think it would be useful without actually gauging whether anybody wants it. <laughs> and then you're taking something that nobody wants, trying to sell it, and then you're just battling against that versus, you know, well, I think just, if you've never done a course before, make a course, just outline it, talk about it, and see if anybody's interested in actually taking it. And then you can start thinking about investing in it. In in that regard, just in terms of timeline, because I think 90 days, that, that's that's really quick. Is that the typical period for saying, okay, here, we're going to walk you through the process. We're going to optimize. Now, 90 days later, you should see this much increase in sales. Just the the phrase, the six months and six figures. I mean, that's everybody loves the the six figures element, except for everybody looking for seven-figure yeah. agency. We always talk about that, too. <laughs> I'm like, right. well... That's fun, but you know I, I love courses though, and, and anybody who's uh, in this space understands the value because you're able to scale so much. You know, it's not you going out and doing presentations. It's not you having meetings. It's you did the course. It exists. Now you just tell people about it. You know, update it. You know, which is what we do at Digital Marketers. We try to update our certs every year. Try to come out with a new workshop every month. You know, and it's. It's a process, but to stay up to date, you have to do it. But all that old stuff still really useful for a really long time. So mm -hmm. do you have a specific industry in terms of coursework that you, you enjoy or you think is really successful? I think the, the types of courses that I they enjoy the most are those that require or those that are in highly competitive markets. And so things like a course on productivity is super competitive. Uh, a course on that we worked on, another one that we worked on was on finance for those that want to be CIOs. We have another course for working with VC-funded startups on how they can do better pitches and so they can get to their Series A faster and more predictably. I, I, I really enjoy working in these markets where there's a lot of competition, where there's lots of challenge because I find that there's a lot of opportunity there in the sense that people need courses for that. People need to be updated. People need to continue to stay at the cutting edge and they, they're going to need an upgrade or an update to the course. They, they need more and more both the knowledge, but also the psychological and emotional support that you can provide through a course or a program to people. That's excellent. So how, you know, just in terms of the updating, because I know, you know, in digital marketing, everything changes all the time. So we, we have to update constantly. Do you have kind of like a suggested schedule? Like, hey, you should review your curriculum, you know, twice a year, or do you have suggestions in that regard? Kind of like an intermediate recommendation, something that we recommend to our clients, which is coaching calls. And the coaching hmm. calls or the support calls, what those end up being are opportunities for you to keep tabs on your customers as they're going through your fundamental content your core concepts which should never which should not change as often you want to then revisit with them and see okay as they're going through the content are you having any challenges there yes or no and then after that once you've learned the con the concepts once you've applied them let's say if we're going back to the paid advertising idea and you've created your segmentation what is it what is the nuanced problems that you're dealing with for your company, for your industry, for your age of business? What, are, what is that nuance right there? And that is really what we call coaching because that allows you to learn. It's in those moments that you as a course creator can really say, okay, look, I see that people are being impacted by the iOS 14 or the change to this platform or that platform or, or this policy 
or this new type of content has come out or channel, how are we leveraging that? How can we bring something new about that into our course and update it that way? No, that's, that's fantastic advice because we, you know, at Digital Market, we're actually about to renew our social media certification. And I think up until six months when I came in and I said, hey, you know, TikTok isn't going away. So now we're going to have to be on TikTok. So now we, you know, recruited professionals. We have Rachel Peterson is actually doing a, a workshop. She's nice. going to be contributing to the certification and we're able to pull in these new people, revise the certification, make it fresh. And then now we're, we're serving our clients and we get to tell people about it. Like, hey, we made this, I think it was four years ago or so, and now we're able to renew. So it's actually a big opportunity for more promotions and making more people aware that maybe have never heard of our social media cert. So I think that's and then the coaching calls, of course, are are always helpful and an added bonus for for membership. In terms of the the models that you usually help people promote, is it subscriptions or is it uh, more kind of one-time course type sales? It's more of what we call this cohort-based courses where you would join a group of okay. other people and learning the content together. So if they go back to the paid advertising and you have six modules, you'd say you'd, you'd work with a, a group of 10 to 100 people and they'd all walk through each module each week. And so that would be like the course part. But there's also opportunity, what, I, what I've been observing a lot as well, is there's this community aspect on the back end of your course that people are usually interested in purchasing as well. So it ends up being like a mix of a one-time with a subscription on the back end, where people are buying into the, the ongoing support from the community, but also ongoing access to your vault. That's awesome. Well, that's actually what we do as well, because we do have our a la carte, like, hey, you just want this cert or you just want this workshop, great. But, you know, if you sign up, you get access to 200 of them. So sign up and the community because that's actually, you know, one of our most active components of digital marketers are our Facebook group where we have people ask questions and you'll, they'll get a dozen replies from other marketers. We always try to be practical. You know, we're not we know our marketing and we do our stuff, but we understand that the only people who are really professional and should be giving you advice are actually the people that are doing it every single day for themselves and for other people. And that's, that's a real value there. So mm -hmm. no, that's a, that's a fantastic tip. And it's a good revenue source too. You know, you have the $15 course, but get them to sign up for something ongoing. You know, there's nothing better. I have to say than, than seeing the, the renewals coming in. We are like, Hey, I didn't have to work for that one. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah. And, and the work is real. The work is real in terms of having to acquire attention again, having to convert again, having to nurture again, like that's all real work that you have to put in. And and if it's if it, you're not doing that organically, you have to pay for that as well. So it, it's, it's real. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day -day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time, we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics 
have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. Are there any huge mistakes that you've seen people make that are easily fixable or that, you know, people don't even know what they're making maybe? Yes. One, one big mistake is when well, we spoke about one, which is not validating your idea first. And so I'll, I'll put that as like idea zero. But if, the, if you're beyond that, I think one thing is speaking about your modules very plainly is, is usually a low hanging opportunity for most course creators. Because we might simply say module one, module two, module three, module four. Or we might say module one is, if we're going to the paid advertising idea, it's, it's like module one, we'll call it segmentation. Module two, we'll call it channel. Whereas you could transform the, the, the naming of the module into a more productized, value-driven type of language, right? And so instead of segmentation, you might say something like the way to find people that can't wait to buy right? Like what is a more exciting, more enticing way that you can reframe your modules so that people look at them as actual products and say, you know what, I would buy this course just for that module because that's a huge problem that I have. So I think naming your modules and positioning them for value is something that is uh, usually a really easy type of fix that people can make in their course. I love that. Well, and, and that leads to, again, I'm always like, how do you connect to the front end content? And if you find that, you know, people are really digging this one module, then you know, hey, just take the bullet points, take the abbreviated version, put that on the front end, get them enticed and say, hey, you want to see the rest? Go to the, le you know, this is just one module of this awesome course. Because I think, you know, in terms of just the, the creation process for courses, it's very tempting to just set it and forget it because it's so much work to get it done in the first place. Mm -hmm. and, and instead to go back and say, okay, how do we make this better? How do we make people finish the course? Because I think that's, that's another consideration that a lot of people don't make is, hey, yeah, you got people to sign up for it, but how many people actually did the whole thing? Because they're not going to get the full benefit if they don't. So you got to watch those numbers as well. So in that regard, do you have specific metrics that you kind of use to gauge the, the performance of individual courses? The major indicator that we use is really what you would expect of like an NPS score. We're looking at how happy mm -hmm. are people once they go through the course. And the most we'll do is we'll, we'll look at this NPS score and then we'll segment a little bit to see, okay, what, what is the avatar? What are the avatars that are giving us the highest grades? And is there any discrepancy across? So for example, are there people taking the finance course? Are they from VC-funded companies or are they bootstrapped? And is there any hmm. dif differentiation there in the RPS score? If they're taking the productivity course, are they have they been on their on our email list for 30 days or have they been on their email list for three hmm. years? What is what does that look like, and why? Right? It's it, as a marketer, you look at data and the data gives you these indications, but the data can't really tell you why. You really have to go a few layers deeper. And ask. You have to have conversations. Ask your team. Ask your, you know, your your people directly, and and try to get down to the bottom of it. So, but yeah, NPS is is an important metric still. 
Well, that's a good point too, is just asking questions. I was actually talking to uh, one of our, our partners, Adam Lyons, and he does a lot of the, the coursework and the webinars. And one of the things he does with his is he'll actually do a pre-course uh, questionnaire mm-hmm. where it just says, hey, what do you expect to get out of this course? And it's just one question. And he does the cohort-based training too. People will answer that question and then he just takes the material. He says, okay, well, everybody wants this. And then he just puts it in the course. <laughs> you can't plan for that because you don't know what people are going to say. But when he told me that tip, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's just ask and then just put it in. It takes it's all digital. It's not like a book you wrote. <laughs> just go ahead and plug it in there. And you just made a whole bunch of people happy. So, that's yeah, cool. I think just that questioning, you know, it makes a huge difference. And it makes it's easy to make people happy at that point. Yeah, if you've got their attention. And they're willing to engage with you and answer your questions. That's that's half the battle. Great. So if somebody wants to get started or, you know, needs advice or even help, how could they find out more about you and what you do? They can head over to nerddigital.com. That's N-E-R-D-D-I-G-I-T-A-L.com. And they can download one of our lead magnet creators. We spoke about a lot about creating lead magnets today. So we have a, a lead magnet create tool that makes it really easy for you to convert your course content into a lead magnet. So head over to nerddigital.com and you'll, you'll be, it'll be easy to find it there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Marcio. I think, you know, I'm, I love courses, of course, <laughs> being a digital marketer. But I think anybody who, who really wants to, you know, expand their reach, you know, show evidence of your expertise, there's really no better way to do that than by creating courses and then, of course, getting people to take them, which is where you come in. So thank you so much for being on the show. Everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. If you want more tips like these, come on back each week. We're doing uh, two or three episodes every single week, and we have no plan on stopping anytime soon. So tune in. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.